If that person can see me as a safe place, that gives me a lot of voice with that person. They'll be able to hear a lot more of what I'm, what I have to say if they feel like I'm somebody that is trustworthy and loves them and cares about them. Welcome to the Ask About My Faith podcast, where our hope is to inspire everyday faith conversations. I'm Jess. I'm Abby. And today we are sharing a conversation we had with Jim Wilson. Jim is an accountant at an investment firm where he's built long-term relationships and has been able to share his faith with his coworkers and bosses in a non-confrontational way. You'll hear how God has been opening doors to conversations as Jim prays for the opportunity. His stories show that God is wanting to use us. We just have to ask and be willing to obey. Let's jump in. Jim, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing with our listeners some of your stories. We're looking forward to uh, to hearing some. Great. Glad to be here. How would your friends and family, how would your friends and family describe you in just a few words? If you had to pick a few, what do you think? If I had to pick a few, well, I'll tell you how I hope that they uh, would describe me. Um, I think they would describe me as uh, relational uh, and a loyal person. Uh, and I'm hopeful that they would also describe me as um, a servant, uh, both to um, the Lord as well as to, to friends and family. Um, both in uh, role as a, uh, uh, a father, a husband, and uh, a man in the world as someone that is, is mm. at least striving to pursue the Lord. Mm-hmm. Relational, loyal, and a servant. That certainly exemplifies Christ. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and hopefully, I, I, my actions don't always uh, reflect those three characteristics, but uh, hopefully more Possible. often than not. Awesome. Would you share a little bit about your family? You bet. Um, So I grew up in Dallas. I still live in Dallas. Uh, I've been married to Michelle for uh, 30 years now. We have three kids, uh, a daughter who is 26 now and married uh, and is uh, pregnant with our first uh, grandchild, which is, which is a new, uh, a new thing for Michelle and I. And uh, we have uh, a son who is 21 uh, in college at Baylor, um, and a 13-year-old, uh, Kate, uh, is still at home with us. So we've uh, been parenting for quite a while and still have some road ahead of us. You do. You do. That's exciting, though, your first grandchild. Yeah, I don't know what to think about that. The big the big topic is what is what my grandfather name will be. And um, <laughs> there's lots of there's lots of funny, uh, funny suggestions that probably won't make it to the end. Um, I've been told it doesn't matter what you suggest. Uh, it'll be whatever the kid calls you. Just <laughs> whatever what your name will be. That's so, right. That's right. Yeah. Fun. So it's exciting. Well, how about work? What do you do for a career? What's that look like? So I count things for a living. I grew uh, so up ah. uh, accounting by trade. I um, somehow was blessed to fall into the investment space. So I, I, the chief financial officer of a private equity fund, which is just an investment fund that, that buys and sells private, private companies. And I've been doing that for 25 years now, uh, shockingly. So wow. it's, been a, it's been a great, um, it's been a great career. Um, I could not have, I, I see the Lord's hand in it. Mm. Um, 
uh, and, and really be fortunate to have been placed where I am. It, uh, and when we get to stories, several of my stories are around uh, kind of the coworkers that I've had the opportunity to, to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I didn't name it in the, in the characteristics, but I, I'm an, a control enthusiast. So I like, <laughs> I like, the, I like the, at least the aura and the theory of control, even though uh, we, none of us are in complete control of our lives. But uh, that, go, that pairs well with accounting. Uh, I'm supposed to be controlling right. the numbers. And so that's what, I, that's what I do for a living. I have a funny feeling that some of our listeners will be able to relate <laughs> to that, that desire for control, whether we'd like to admit it or not. That's right. That's right. Do you work from home primarily or do you go into an office? So I work for a firm that has a headquarter in New York. Uh, we have a Dallas office where the back office team is located. So myself and uh, we have some uh, staff accountants. It's actually a small office of four that's in uh, that's a Dallas office. And we are in the office. I'm like the camaraderie of the team. And, mm-hmm. and um, it's a little bit easier to, to know what's going on and, yeah. and to manage folks. And, and uh, a lot of what, uh, you know, again, turning it to the the topic du jour of, of sharing, uh, your faith that, uh, I'm probably, a, I would say a relational evangelist, if I can use the term. Mm. And, uh, so I like to develop rapport and relationships with folks, uh, and, um, get to know them, show them that I, that I'm their friend and, and lead that into, you know, start simple, you know, lead more into something significant and yeah. eventually, uh, have something that uh, have a conversation that that involves a spiritual topic and to me that takes being around people mm-hmm. um right. not on not, not on zoom <laughs> uh, but actually <laughs> right. works better being in person so i've, sure. I've liked uh, to have um to be in the office mm-hmm. uh, with other with uh, with our coworkers. very good well i know we will get to that in just a moment but first we also sure. do want to hear um when it comes to your background how did you come to know the lord what's kind of the the brief story behind that brief story so i grew up in the baptist church my parents uh plugged me into first baptist church of dallas um in every way they possibly could from being a member of the church to also going to the school that the church started so i was uh downtown at first baptist uh, six days a week sometimes seven uh if there was a basketball game on saturday and so i was well um educated in the the tenets of the faith i i could I could get pretty close to the four spiritual laws pretty early in life. I, hmm. All my buddies were going down to down front is what they call it in the Baptist church. And so I went down and professed my faith at second grade. Um, and then uh, remember being asked why I did that. And I remember thinking, well, Mark Mathis did it. So, so I did it. <laughs> um, I uh, was at a camp in ninth grade and I um, uh, did it again uh, at camp mm-hmm. and was baptized again. Um so somewhere in there, I was saved. Uh, I would say, uh, how did I get to know the Lord? It's been a lifetime. I'm 56 now, uh, and I, I've still, he's still in the process of sanctifying me. Right. Our faith really does change over uh, the, the course of time, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're pretty, uh, I'm a pretty hard-headed guy, and, and uh, you know, it's, and it's interesting. I, from the earliest, I've been uh, hearing Bible stories and Bible studies, and yet it, I'm still... Um, He's still educating me. Yeah. It's been in the right. last ten years, actually, through a um, through a uh, meditation that Tim Keller did on the Garden of Gethsemane, and you know I could unpack all that for you, but just it was that meditation, and I remember reading it on my bed and thinking, okay, wait, he he drank the cup, 
he drank the cup so I didn't have to. If I drank it, I'd be crushed. And instead he was crushed. Wow. And he chose to. Right. He chose to do it. And that was the, you know, it's different for every person. But that was it for me. And that was where the light flipped on and I realized, okay, wait, wait no, he, he actually does love me. Right. He, he really loves me. And, and wow, what, what freedom that brings. And that mm. is what causes me, okay, that's, that's the antidote that everybody needs. That's the, that's the anxiety relieving antidote that everybody needs. Um, Tim Keller has a saying that says, um, we're far more sinful than we ever dared, uh, than we ever believed possible, but we're far more loved than we ever dared hope. Uh, I, and I just love that, right? I, I had, yeah. I, uh, I always had the first part of that. I knew I was sinful, but the piece that I was missing was I'm far more loved than I ever dared, um, could have even possibly hoped. And it's, and so that has, um, that has really fueled my desire to just engage others with it because it's just a great, if a great, it's a great message if I can frame it in that and, mm-hmm. uh, in that context. That's beautifully put, Jim. Let's jump in and hear some stories. Um, well, one quick story. So I was there was I had a neighbor uh, that I lived next to door to for ten years, and um, he was a bit of a recluse, single older man. And uh, we just I don't know, just reached out to him because he lived literally next door to us in the mm-hmm. house that he grew up in. His parents were gone, and he was you know in his I was in my forties. He was probably in his fifties, and I ended up going to. Uh, breakfast with him just as a way to to further uh, the relationship with him. Sure. And uh, at one of those breakfasts, we're sitting in um, uh, in just a little deli uh, corner bakery, and he, I said, I introduced the idea of, hey, would you ever want to investigate the the claims of Christ or something like that? And I was thinking maybe we could read the the book of John together. And he and he's. Staring at me, and he's like, "Out loud here." And so he, okay, he thought that I was suggesting that we would just sit here and we would read, you know, verses of the Bible out loud to one another. He had no concept. Okay, so that didn't go very well, and he had no concept of what you know studying the Bible together would look like, and and that's okay. Yeah, and he he ended up not being comfortable doing that, Mm -hmm. and and that's okay as well. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, someone telling me no, I don't want to do that. I'm not comfortable doing that. Gives me an opportunity to respect that uh, and to honor that desire and still be their friends and still reach out to him him and have breakfast or have, we've now moved and I've had a couple lunch with lunches with him over the years, just trying to maintain the relationship, hoping, and he's a much older gentleman Mm -hmm. now and hoping that, you know, there's an opportunity where he's more open to, to talking about that and every once in a while I'll revisit the topic. But, but um, I don't know. I, I think I gain more credibility with him over time. Yeah. When I, when I accept and respect, Hey, I'm not ready to talk about that right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fine. I'm still your friend. I still right. love mm-hmm. you as a friend. And that's, you know, that's, we're just following what Christ did. Right. Well, and that's one thing we talk about a lot with our listeners is having to like overcome those fears And I think a lot of the time, the fear of rejection is the biggest one. And what so many of the people we've been talking to say is like, yeah, I was rejected, but like, I'm okay. And I can still have relationship with this person and still love them like Jesus did. 
Um, Mm -hmm. But I did take that step of faith. And who knows, maybe when he is in crisis, he's going to know like, hey, I trust Jim. Like I'm going to call Jim. Yeah, your your relational uh, characteristic definitely stands out even in that first story that you've shared. And the word freedom comes to my mind too, that you know what, if I can just accept that there may be some awkwardness that brings a lot of freedom and, and yeah. just it, it lifts a weight that I might otherwise go into a conversation carrying like, oh no, it's not okay. If it, if it's, if it becomes awkward, I'm doomed. You know, this is, it would be so terrible if it's awkward. And that's just, that's just not the case. Yeah. It, the, the, there's a, there's a quote and I attribute it to mother Teresa. I think, I think she said it, but she said, uh, we're called to, uh, we're not called to be successful. We're called to be faithful no one's salvation is up to me and that's up to, that's up to the the spirit. I'm just a, a vessel. Well, Jim, if we were to mm-hmm. flip back in the, the story of your life, um, what are, what's one of your earliest memories of sharing your faith? So I'm going to go back to, and it's not very far, um, about 10 years ago. And it was when I was working for the latest firm that I worked for. And I was up in New York, and this is a time when our firm was was a lot smaller. There were actually only four or five folks in the whole firm uh, up in New York. And so I was up there for uh, meetings, and, hmm. and I just I can remember praying um, either the night before or the morning of um, the, uh, the day when I was going to be with them. Lord, just give me, if you'll just give me an opportunity. I don't know how to bring this up, but if you give me an opportunity, I, you know, I, I'll I'll do my best. Please give me the words. And, um, mm-hmm. and so we're at lunch and there's, there's myself and four of my work colleagues and we're sitting at a, at a, um, at a restaurant in downtown New York, down, downtown Manhattan. And it, they served among, among many things, they served matzo balls, soup, <laughs> matzo ball soup. Uh, my, one of my work colleagues is David. And uh, David is of Jewish heritage, and he was saying, hey, you should get matzo ball soup. It's really good. And he's beginning to explain to me what matzo ball soup is and how it sort of fits in with the Jewish heritage. And actually, I can't remember exactly all what he told me, but he was speaking about his his uh, Jewish upbringing and uh, a little bit of not really a little bit of what he believed about God, but not uh-huh. much. Um, and okay, so inside, you know, I'm trying to carry on the conversation, <laughs> but inside I'm like, okay, okay, here it is. I got, I got, I got to jam it in there. How am I going to jam it in there? I don't know how to jam it in there. Uh, and even you can say how I describe it. I'm trying to jam it in there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, sure. and I wasn't sure how to introduce the conversation. And that was, this was early, right? I hadn't done it very much. And um, he finishes his, whatever he, uh, he was saying about matzo ball soup. And there's a pause in the conversation. And he looks at me and he says, so what do you believe? And wow. I was like, okay. okay, Lord, thank you. <laughs> okay, Lord, That's great opening. That was perfect. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk right through that. And I, I mean, there it was, right? I was able to, to just share the gospel um, uh, front and center with, with four people that I work mm, with and wow. I, that I'd never had a spiritual conversation with. So that was one of the early ones where the Lord just provided the, yeah, just served it up on a plate for me. Right. Um, but you prayed be, beforehand. Uh, yeah, I like that you mentioned use the word proactive, and yeah. it's amazing what God will do if we would just pray. Mm-hmm. Coming mm-hmm. in, expecting, you know, expectant. 
It makes all the difference. Yeah. So that was one of your earliest memories. What would be a like your most recent story of taking that step of faith and sharing the gospel or praying for somebody? So um, I was on a business trip and was headed out to uh, New Jersey. Uh, and it was um, one of the, the gentlemen there is a uh, named Diraj. And he's a successful guy, founded a business, was CEO of that business. And um, I, it, was a, it was a business that our firm had, owned, uh, had made an investment in. And so our relationship was in that context and I was on the board and, mm. and I had felt um, he had sent an email uh, to uh, another member of the business that uh, had a bad day and um, Diraj, who is Hindu by heritage, quoted a Bible verse um, where uh, it, it, as a way of encouraging uh, this other work colleague who had had, he basically had got disappointing news and he was, he quoted Paul who said, um, when I'm weak, then I'm strong, but he quoted it, you know, he's quoting it. He quoted it correctly and accurately, but was applying it. Hey, when are, when we, as he's basically telling this other work colleague, Hey, when we're weak as humans, that's a moment for us to rise up and, and become strong. Interesting. Which was not, which was not Paul's, <laughs> which, was, which was not Paul's yeah. message. Right. But okay, I put I filed that away as okay. There's there's something I can refer back to specifically and just ask him that later. Hey, where'd you hear that Bible verse? Mm-hmm. And so I was now I'm now headed out several months later, headed out to New Jersey, and I'm actually going to see him. And and here again, I'm praying ahead of time, uh, Lord, if you can just provide some way for me to have a private conversation with Raj, that would be that would be great, and I can engage him on the, the Bible study but I need you to kind of orchestrate this because I'm just there for 24 hours and it's a board meeting. And so everything's orchestrated and it's super busy <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and it's the end of the day. And and we've been sitting in a conference room with 20 other people and I'm trying to figure out, okay, how's this going to work? And here again, the Lord just sort of served it up. Deraj says, Hey Jim, where are you staying? If you're in a hotel, why don't you just come stay, spend the night at my house? We'll have dinner and, mm. and hang, you can hang out at my house, which he's never done before. Okay, so all right, so the Lord's putting it on a platter again, and um, and so it just became an evening of you know where we're uh, hanging out, and um, I, I, we had dinner together, um, uh, and before dinner we had an opportunity to, to to hike kind of around his house, on the drive out to his house. I just began asking him lots of questions mm-hmm. about everything in his life, and eventually was able to work my way around to that email and reference that Bible verse, and we ended up having a fairly robust conversation about about the gospel um, to which he completely pushed back on. And, and, uh, and that's, again, that's okay. Um, uh, That gives me, you know, I, I I like to tell people that just puts a bookmark in a conversation that at some point I can, I can refer back to um, and ask him where, you know, I can reference that conversation. That doesn't mean that that conversation was a failure. And so that's a more recent one, but it was, uh, it's interesting as I, as I replay these conversations to you, how a lot of it, I keep telling you, I, I, if I, I'm praying for opportunities and the Lord seems to orchestrate the opportunities for me to, to have a conversation, which was, which is kind of fun to think about. And in these cases, it's a seed sown. You didn't necessarily mm-hmm. see a bunch of fruit from it, but you know that, you know, you prayed, the Lord opened the door, he provided the opportunity and it's, it's just a seed. And, I like that you're okay with that, that you don't 
have, you know, this demand of God that he used that conversation to completely, you know, do a 180 turn in someone's life because just as valuable. Yep. Yeah. There's lots of seeds that are thrown um, and a lot of them, you know, fall on the, the rocky path or, or fall in the, in the weeds and thorns and get choked out. Um, but that's, that's not my, that's not my job. My job mm-hmm. is to be a seed thrower. So. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite story of like sharing your faith? Another one that comes to mind is uh, a less of a relational one um, and mm-hmm. more of um, a, just an opportunity that was presented that I was able to sp- to step into a conversation. I was, uh, I'd flown back into Dallas and was getting into an Uber at the airport and driving home. And, uh, I, again, it was on, on my mind of, okay, can, is there a conversation to be had here? And sort of, I, I must've said some sort of prayer in the car and, and it had, had engaged with this, um, with this woman who was driving me home and somehow I was prompted at, uh, she had a rock. So she was uh, just had a, a rock hanging from a necklace and it was kind of a pretty, pretty rock. Um, rock doesn't do it, ju- do it justice. Something prompted me, I guess it's the spirit said, ask her about the rock. <laughs> and so I said, Hey, tell me about that. That's really nice looking. Um, I must have said something better than rock. Yes, crystal. Tell okay. me about the crystal. Yeah. Let's go with crystal. <laughs> tell me about the tell me about that hanging that crystal hanging from your from your rearview mirror. And she said, you, you know, uh, I like to look at that when I whenever I get anxious or whenever I have a difficult hmm. uh, difficult moment, uh, maybe a difficult passenger. I like to look at that, and it just calms me. And I said, that's interesting. I I get boy. There's a lot of anxiety in the world, and uh, and eventually led to, Hey, can I tell you how I deal with anxiety? Cause anxiety is a real thing. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm taking the opportunity to, uh, stand beside her and dealing with something that all people deal with anxiety, stress, and then saying, Hey, can I tell you how I deal with that? And, and talked about, you know, that gave me an opportunity to talk about the relationship with the Lord and just, you know, have hmm. conversations about where she thought about that. And so there was another one, um, I don't know, ask about the rock. And then she just immediately launches into anxiety and, she, and opens her heart. And that's yeah. beautiful. And, and gave me an opportunity to, to speak into that. Um, and she thought, uh, she in particular thought very different about the world and about uh, culture and, and where religious people sat in the culture and the, and the, and the, uh, some really hot top hot sports topics that the, that the church and maybe the culture differ on. Sure. And it just, and I, there was a part of me that thought, okay, she's seeing if she can draw me off sides into really, you know, ah. getting angry at something she's uh-huh. saying. And it, I don't know, it just felt like an opportunity for me to just uh, respect her, her thoughts and, yeah. and, and recognize some uh, difficulties in her life. And, um, maintain rapport all the way to the drive to the house. Um, and I must've done okay. Cause she drove me all the way to the house and didn't let me off. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't pull the car over and say, get out. So, <laughs> you know, we've heard um, a lot of great stories of like airports and grocery stores, but uh, you're the first person to share a story in an Uber or Lyft. And I feel like car sharing is such a great 
spot to get to have a conversation like that because you're sitting with somebody one-on-one and it's either that or silence or the radio station that they choose. But yeah, what a great opportunity to have those faith conversations. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's actually a, a, a much easier mm-hmm. spot to have a good conversation because of the one-on-one nature as opposed to, yeah. you know, if you're sitting in the, the, the barber's chair, you're trying to have a quick conversation in the checkout line at the grocery store where right. there's lots of people around. People mm-hmm. are going to be less nervous and less open. And, and uh, when you're sitting in a car with somebody, it's a little bit, a little bit easier to have that one-on-one yeah. conversation. And I think mental health and emotional health that's yeah. an interesting opportunity too, where they open the door to share a peek into a little bit of their suffering and and how, in this case, how she manages it, and mm-hmm. you're able to kind of ask about that and provide a a possible alternate perspective. Yep, in a really non threatening yep. way again. Yeah, yeah, and to also you know. Um, endorse is probably not the right word I'm looking, but, but she's saying, Hey, I deal with anxiety. And I feel like that a lot of people that are outside the church, look Mm -hmm. at the church and say, and may say, Hey, everybody in there is doing it right. They're perfect. And it's, I like to be able to say, no, I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I deal with the same struggles that, that you're dealing with Uh, the same, you know, the same problems, the same anxieties, the mm-hmm. same stress. I'm not, I'm not without anxiety and without stress. I, I, I have those still. And just, I don't know, coming alongside them as humans and not as, right. okay, you're non-religious, I'm religious. No, we're both humans. We, we both have a need for, to be, to be saved. We both have a need to be made new and redeemed. Um, let me tell you how I, what I think is the path. And I think that's really important to, you know, I don't, I don't know how many non-believers we have listening to our podcast, but that reality that we're not sharing our faith because, you know, we've, we've got it all yeah. figured out, right. and here we are, we we are fully enlightened, and yeah, and I, you know, um, having it all figured out, uh, I like. You know, I don't have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm okay with if someone asks me a question and I don't know the answer to it now. You know, that's a great, acknowledge a great question. That's a great question. Let me go think about that and let me come back to you. And that gives me an opportunity to, to re-engage them on the very conversation I'm trying to have with them about the gospel. So, mm-hmm. right. you know, even if they ask me something that, I, that maybe I'm not as, as 100% confident on and, and ready to give an answer, that's okay. Uh, right. I can acknowledge and, and, and give them a kudo for, Hey, that's a great thought. That's a great question. Let me go yeah. think about that. Well, that's um, a huge barrier for people is not knowing if you have the right answers. Yeah. Jim, can you remember a time, um, that you maybe were prompted to share your faith in an inconvenient situation, a time where it would have been a lot easier to not listen to that nudge? Um, I can think there was a time when, um, so the firm that I used to, I used to work for was run by a guy named Bobby and, uh, I worked for Bobby for over 10 years and Bobby was a a super successful guy in the investment world, uh, had tons of money. Um, but, but he could, uh, he could be a difficult, um, difficult person at times. 
Uh, and he kept everybody, even though I worked for him for 10 years, he kept everybody at a distance. Uh, I can count on um, my hand, how many meals I had with him. And it, mm. I don't think I even use all five fingers. And this is over more than a decade. And so it was very difficult to have it, very difficult to have any sort of meaningful relationship with him outside of, you know, outside of a work context. And so it really took um, just, you know, pursuing uh, uh, and figuring out the right way to pursue. Um, and it wasn't necessarily that it was, I guess it was inconvenient in the context that it was just difficult to get him to, you know, to, to, to provide the space to have the conversation. And the, as we were, uh, my predecessor firm was transitioning out, he was moving a little bit more into a retirement and, and the, the firm was sort of, sort of morphing into what, what it is today. I asked him to go to breakfast and, and he agreed, um, he agreed to go to breakfast. And so that was a big win that I actually got him to have a one-on-one -on -one meal with me. And we ended up having, um, uh, it, it had been something I'd been praying about. I'd been praying for him specifically mm. for, for a long time. And, um, we ended up having breakfast and, uh, and that was one where he's, it was, it was also inconvenient or uncomfortable just because he's not going to ask me anything very sure. personal. So it's going to be hard to, to transition the, the conversation from the simple or in this case work related into something that is spiritual. That's mm -hmm. he's not mm -hmm. comfortable doing that. And so that was one where I just said I had to be a little bit more, uh, direct and say, Hey, I'd love to, I'd love to share something with you that is important to me. Uh, and, uh, mm. it's my faith. And here again, I had the benefit of working for him for more than 10 years and he knew I was a, a, a man of faith. And so I had all that history with him that, that made, I guess that, that intro acceptable to him. And sure. I ended up sharing the gospel with him. And again, uh, here again, kind of a fun story. He, he said, you know, that Jim, it's amazing that we, that we're having this conversation because I had a dream last night uh, and Bobby, by the way, was, was Jewish, um, but only, um, only really by heritage. He didn't go to temple very often, okay. but anyways, he had yeah. a dream the night before our breakfast in which his rabbi appeared to him in his dream and said, do you believe in God? And that was, that was his dream. So uh -huh. it's a little bit interesting that I was there talking to him about God at a breakfast and the night before he had that he had had that dream. Right. And that, and even, you know, but then the, the breakfast took an immediate right turn and he, he, he then challenged why, how could there be a God when there's so much pain in the world mm. uh, and, and war and how can, uh, and he really likes meditation and, mm. and it just went away and there was nothing. And so that was frustrating. Um, and I was never able to get him. Uh, I asked him to go to breakfast again and, uh, he he uh, sort of rebuffed it, uh, and that was it. Um, so more of you know not not how I wish it ended, but again, yeah. it's not about me uh, producing producing food. It's just about me throwing Being seed. Faithful, yeah. Well, and what a cool example too of like the Lord's partnership in that with you by preparing him ahead of time and giving him that mm -hmm. dream to to kind of reconfirm to him that. Uh, that God is real, you know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, the partnership in that story is so cool. Yeah. It was kind of amazing to hear. Mm. 
It's pretty cool how, I mean, so many people are the most hesitant to share their faith with coworkers because of right. the the fear and concern around what's going to happen with my job and yeah. HR questions and all this stuff. And that sounds like that's one of the main platforms that you've kind of used to to share your faith. Yeah, um, you know, it is. Yeah, I think I benefit from having been at, you know, the, the firm and, and uh, being someone that has been there since day one. And so having a certain level in the firm, mm-hmm. all that makes it a lot easier, to be honest with you, mm. uh, on me. Um to kind of have those conversations, I can appreciate, you know, being in a, a new company and, and the HR component to things being um, being more uh, more of a hindrance. But again, I, that's where I think the relational component really, really can can uh, can produce opportunities. If you just start out with, hey, what's going on in your life? Yeah. And then remembering what they told you and going back and, and asking them about that. Yeah that's just creating that relational capital with them mm-hmm. that as a, you know, you hopefully fill out that relational capital bucket mm-hmm. and then you spend a little bit with, Hey, can I, can I talk to you about something or wait mm-hmm. for them to have a crisis, you know, not wait for them, but when, a, when the opportunity presents and they're, they're dealing yeah. with some issue or some crisis, use that as a way to sort of speak into, Hey, this is how I deal with that. Yeah. Justin Gasper had some really um, good advice along those lines who you guys go to church together, right? He's a pastor. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) He's the best, but yeah, he was saying in uh, like his corporate experience, Mm. he would tie like going to church and getting together with his church friends into conversation. People are like, what'd you do this weekend? You know, he's like, Oh, I was at church and we like learned this and I was inspired by that. And it's such a, even that is such a good way to just start planting those little seeds, you know, mm-hmm. and then uh, being, I don't know if this is the right word, but like being a, being a quality employee and having integrity and character and really showing, uh, showing what a Christian should look like too, in like a really practical way. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly being a person of character is, is, is obviously integral um, to making your words, um, you know, relevant and, mm-hmm. and uh, acceptable to whoever you're speaking to uh, and just being a good friend, just being a yeah. good friend to someone is going to give you opportunity and being a safe, being a safe place for that person. If that person can see me as a safe place, that gives me a lot of voice with that person. They'll be mm-hmm. able to hear a lot more of what I'm, what I have to say. If they feel like I'm somebody that is, trustworthy and loves them and cares about them. That situation that you were just sharing, that idea of, hey, I'm a leader and just asking someone, how are you doing? There's There are two different ways to approach that. It Just in, in non-work settings, I can ask my friend, hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Okay, move on from there. Or I can ask that with intent and purpose and a little bit of that, that leadership sense in me, even though I'm not in a position of leadership right now, I'm using that question with intentionality. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, uh, circling back to that person, if that person said, Hey, uh, I'm doing well, you know, my mom's been sick. I was visiting her this weekend. Okay. Lodge that I even write, sometimes I write it down. I'll write that person's name down. 
uh, on, you know, where I'll come across it again. Maybe it's a prayer list or whatever. And then, and they pray about that and then, and then ask them about it. I just, I feel like. Mm. Ooh, following up such, saying, Hey, how yeah, following up. Yeah. How is your mom? Okay. Now I've just, you know, I care about this person by the way, but it, it establishes credit. It just establishes friendship credibility yes. with that person. Right. right. That's good. Well, as we kind of wrap up here, Jim, um, what is one piece of advice or encouragement that you would leave with our listeners um, to to encourage them in sharing their faith? One piece of advice. See yourself as Peter, who the Lord said, come and I'm going to make you fishers of men. Um, and just see yourself as a vessel that the Lord is working through. That's empowering. Um and you're just the tool. You're just the seed thrower. You're not the converter and it's not up to you. And, th and that's okay. You can have a, a conversation and it can go sideways and nowhere. And yet you can walk away from that thinking, okay, Lord, I pray for that person. And thank you for, thank you for giving me the opportunity and just feel like, okay, I was faithful. Mm -hmm. I was obedient. That's a great feeling. That's a great feeling to, to feel like, uh, I guess that probably most connects me to where uh, David in the Psalms is always talking about how much he loves the Lord's commandments. And I guess I would connect that to obedience, uh, that he's, he loves obeying mm, the Lord mm -hmm. and the pleasure that comes from that. Well, this is, I don't know, that, that connects me to that. Whether I'm successful um, in seeing someone come to faith or not, um, I've been, I've done what the Lord asked me to do and that that establishes communion, communion with him, which is what we all need. Thank you so much for joining us in this conversation with Jim. Please follow along as we continue to share stories about faith conversations. You can follow us on Instagram at askaboutmyfaith and at askaboutmyfaith.com. If you have a story you'd like to share, please reach out through social media or the website. We would love to chat. Let's take Jim's advice to heart, remembering that we're the seed throwers, the vessels for God to use. Let's ask and obey. God bless you this week.